After this, Jesus went to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, also called the Sea of Tiberias. A large crowd kept following him because they saw the signs that he was doing for the sick. Jesus went up the mountain and sat down there with his disciples. Now the Passover, the festival of the Jews, was near. When he looked up and saw a large crowd coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, Where are we to buy bread for these people to eat? He said this to test him, for he himself knew what he was going to do. Philip answered him, Six months' wages would not buy enough bread for each of them to get a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish. But what are they among so many people? Jesus said, Make the people sit down. Now there was a great deal of grass in the place, so they sat down, about 5,000 in all. Then Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated. So also the fish, as much as they wanted. When they were satisfied, he told his disciples, Gather up the fragments left over, so that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up, and from the fragments of the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten, they filled twelve baskets. When the people saw the sign that he had done, they began to say, This is indeed the prophet who is to come into the world. The Gospel of our Lord. Thanks, Vicki. You may be seated. Let's pray. God, we come as we are today um, with all that has happened over the last day and over this last year. And we always trust when we gather together and we hear your word that your spirit will speak. And so we pray for that today. God, speak to us. Remind us of the care and love that you have for your people. In Jesus' name, amen. So I was thinking about potlucks. Do you know when you're asked to bring something to a meal and then sometimes... They do specific things, and they say, um, based on the first letter of your last name, like A through G, you guys bring a salad. H through M, bring a dessert. N through T, bring a main dish. And S through Z, bring a side dish. And why do we do this? So we don't get 18 green bean casseroles, or we don't get 55 plates of special K bars, which I have never seen as a problem. <laughs> So, um, but how do we ever know that's going to work out? So let's just do a little poll here, okay? So if your last name starts with A through G, raise your hand. Okay, so we would be covered on salads. How about H through M? All right, we've got some substantial main dishes. Or no, I'm sorry, your dessert. Um, N through T. Okay, this is working. And S through Z. All right, okay, side dishes, there we go. Thank goodness for a Ziska, right? <laughs> 
Clearly, though, this method of feeding people would not have worked in the story that Vicki just read. And to be honest, I don't even know what the disciples' last names are anyway. Thousands of people are gathered around Jesus, and John says they're there because they want to see the signs that Jesus is doing to heal the sick. And Jesus says, we need to give these people something to eat. And the disciples are like, we don't have anything except a little boy has five barley loaves and two fish. Now, we know there is no way that five loaves and two fish are ever going to feed that many people. Yet Jesus takes it and he blesses it. And in the Gospel of John, Jesus distributes it to all the people. More than 5,000 people. Everybody ate until they were filled and there's still food left over. What's really interesting about the Gospel of John is that there is no Last Supper before Jesus' death. Jesus calls his disciples together and he prepares them for a time when he will no longer be there, but they don't share the Passover meal. Instead, the feeding comes in two places in the Gospel of John. The feeding of the 5,000 that we just heard, and then the story after the resurrection where the, Jesus, where the disciples go back to fishing, they don't catch anything. There's a man on the beach, and they realize it's Jesus, and he says, throw your nets on the other side, and they catch more fish than they can ever imagine. Feeding, compassion, a community meal, abundance from scarcity comes in daily life. And what's interesting about Jesus, he doesn't snap his finger and say, here's the food. He says, what do you already have? I will take that Give thanks for this. I will bless it. And then it will be more than we could ever create or imagine. More than we could ever do on our own. There's, other, there's also another moment of profound clarity in John's gospel in this miracle. And that is we all need to be fed but we all need to feed as well. We are created to do this, that you don't eat by yourself. God doesn't provide just for you. You look at that person sitting next to you on the ground, and they are being fed too. Now, we understand we need to work and provide for ourselves and our families, but we are also created then to be able to give so someone else can be fed. To give because we can, and that we have the ability to do so. So if you look at the, the, this week right here, we have some snapshots. I don't know if you guys remember this, but early in September, we handed out these little cards and worshiped, and we asked you two questions. What can we count on you for? And what do you count on Mount Olivet for? 
This week, we're focusing on what you told us that you bring to this community. Next week, we'll talk about what Mount Olivet, what you count on us for. So in light of this story, what we're really asking is, what are your five loaves and two fish that you bring to Mount Olivet? And you responded like this. You said, I'm going to show up and give to our music ministry. I'm going to tithe. I'm going to share with all people, keeping my mind open and receptive to the world. I'm going to show up where and who I am, giving of myself in alignment with Mount Olivet's mission. I'm going to provide transportation. I'm going to share my strengths and hopes in Bible study. I'm going to show up in worship. I'm going to pack kid packs. I'm going to give financially, and I'm going to be a part of the men's Bible study. I'm going to do dinner at your door. I'm going to deliver loaves and fishes, and I'm going to knit prayer shawls. I'm going to come with empathy and compassion. I'm going to be present in body, mind, and spirit, and openness to follow where God leads me, to volunteer and financially contribute as much as I can. A place to be fed and also to feed. A place to be reminded that what we have or give on its own will never be enough. But Jesus takes it and he blesses it and something new is created. We all get a full belly and so does everyone else. This is God's vision for all people. But Jesus asked the disciples, what do you already have? And then bringing that little bit, he makes it more than what we can ever imagine. I'm asking you to consider what you will offer Mount Olivet in 2019. We don't assign giving amounts based on the first initial of your last name like those potlucks. What we do is we invite you to trust that Jesus will take what each of us brings and make it more and enough. You are here because you are being fed, but you also want to feed. 100% of our funding here at Mount Olivet comes from your five loaves and two fish. We receive no other funding than the investments of our members. And each and every week, we share a story of gratitude on how the investment that you make in this community is making a difference to us, internally transforming people's lives, connecting us to each other, but also out in the community. And more and more, when I am outside this building, people tell me that they know Mount Olivet and what a generous place this is. And it gets down to trust, trusting that God will take what you have to give and pool it with the person next to you. And this is how we will do our work here at Mount Olivet. So this is what I'm asking you for this next year. If you are currently giving to Mount Olivet, take what you have given for 2018. And I invite you to have a conversation with your family and talk about this. Look over this last year, what are you most grateful for in your family? And how might God be calling you to take what you have and be able to share it with Mount Olivet? If you're currently giving, take what you've given for 2018 
and increase it by 1% of your annual income. If your annual income is $75,000, that means you are giving an additional $14 per week to what God is able to do when we trust that he will take this and make it more than enough. If you're not giving currently, 1% of your annual income is a great place to start. A financial pledge is a way to respond to God's presence in your life, and it's a way for us here at Mount Olivet to say, this is what we're able to do as a community, because each one of us has a story and impact and the desire to give, and all those pieces pull together, and Jesus takes that and blesses it, and things happen. And this year, I think more than ever, we have seen in spades the impact of what we are doing. I hear it in your prayers every single week, that people come close to you, whether in joy or sorrow, and we are able to join with community partners and have an impact here like no other your financial response, but also your gift of leadership, your gift of presence. You showing up here today in worship and every week makes a difference to who we are. We are counting on you in this next year, and we are counting on God as always when we trust in that, that he will take this and create so we are fed and other people are fed as well. I'm really excited for the next three weeks and on Thanksgiving Eve. We have stories of people here at Mount Olivet. Each one of us has a stories, and that's the beauty of this community. You matter, your story matters, and when we tell our story, we are changed when we hear each other's stories, and that's where we see how God is present in the world. And so this week starts the week, we'll hear from Kelly Bishop on what her story is, what she counts on Mount Olivet for, and what she brings to this community. So let's take a look. What first drew us to Mount Olivet is that my brother and sister-in-law were here and we're very close to them and it was just welcoming right from the start. Uh, the pastors were just so genuine and we just felt very comfortable here. It was a place where we could really just come just as we were. So in 2002, Rebecca Gustafson called and asked me if I would prayerfully consider being a Bible Explorer teacher for my son's third grade class that they were really in need. And this wasn't anything I had ever considered, mainly because I didn't think I was qualified. And so I didn't give her an answer right away. I thought about it, but it's turned out just being one of the best decisions of my life. 16 years later, I'm still doing it and I'm actually working now with my third group of confirmation students and it has just 
It's just been such a big part of my life. The relationships that you have, the people you meet, the youth, the parents you get to know, your pastors, more, you know, from a different perspective as far as working with youth. And um, I just can't imagine if I had said no. I would have just missed out on, on um, you know, just such a great experience. So many adults here that, yeah, were just there for my kids on so, so many occasions. Um, you know, mission trips, um, they, both of my kids went on multiple mission trips. I actually was able to chaperone some mission trips as well, which again is just you know, such a wonderful experience. Just this past summer, the adult mission trip, my youngest son came on that, and you know, he just had all these wonderful things to say about Pastor Joel. He said, well, Pastor Joel just really makes God present in everyday life. And it's like, how do you put a price on that? So yeah, there, I mean, for both of my boys, I, I know that there's a, so many other people I could mention, but it's just been, um, yeah, it's just been wonderful for my children. And, and of course, for my husband and I as well. <laughs> I count on Mount Olivet for support, for growing in my faith, and for just being with a community of people who I know care about me. Please stand as we sing.